You're listening to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Alabama first and 10 on the 12. Again, Houston. He's got a hole. He's over. Alabama touchdown. I'm just wondering if your listeners know how good a football player you were. I can still see you playing that fullback, knocking those players out of the, out of the way. And I believe I could have run behind you. Martin, I can remember when we came to summer and you were playing fullback up there. And I saw you in the weight room and watched the watch workout in the weight room. If you could pick up, you were strong enough to pick up the whole weight room. I wanted to pick it and I ran in that place didn't take <laughs> biggest, biggest mistake we ever made. The Martin Houston Show with national championship winning fullback Martin Houston. Giving you one hour of intense, hard-hitting analysis from an insider's perspective. It's time for the Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And welcome into the Martin Houston Show. I'm Jacob Harrison. I've been filling in for Joe Gaither for the past few days, but today I will be filling in for the national championship winning fullback, Martin Houston. Uh, he's out dealing with some personal uh, situations. But, uh, you know, I'm going to sit in here today, and we're going to get in some uh, previews and discussions of the Ole Miss-Alabama game, which, uh, thanks to Hurricane Delta, has now been pushed. The kickoff time has been pushed to 6:30 p.m. Uh, Central Time tomorrow evening, and uh, you know that that's kind of an interesting situation because uh, it's probably still going to be raining uh, at that point. But nevertheless, uh, the Tide will take on the Rebels, Land Sharks, uh, Bears, um, whatever they they want to go by these days. Uh, but at, at, at what they don't lack uh, in having a team name much anymore uh they do have an eccentric head coach in lane kiffin and uh he is leading an impressive impressive offense but before we get into any of that i do want to remind you we're going to be doing things the same way martin houston would normally be doing a friday show in season uh we'll discuss who the player of the game candidates will be uh, and what we're looking forward to out of this game i've got uh, several players in mind for that situation and, and what I'm looking for out of the offense and the defense. But most importantly for you guys that are loyal listeners to Martin Houston, uh, we will be doing the score predictions. I do have a doc open that I'll be sending to him after the show. Um, so still feel free to call. I am producing and uh, hosting this morning. So uh, if you do call in, you'll either go straight to hold or straight to the air. But, uh, of course, you can call the uh, hotline 205-342-9904 that's the number to call to jump in on this show and get your score predictions in and and discuss what you want to see from the crimson tide against old miss uh tomorrow i also do want to go ahead and plug in the, the the top of the show that uh of course this isn't my first rodeo hosting any sort of show i do host with carrie clark friday night lights tonight at six to nine we'll be discussing all the big high school games that happened last night as well as previewing the alabama Ole miss game and uh discussing some things happening in the nfl and around the world of college football as well and then tomorrow for the Ole miss game uh carrie clark and i will be joined by jay barker uh 
Carrie and I will be at the Pearl River Resort in Mississippi um, for the uh, the Tide Tailgate uh, pregame show. Uh, that will start at 12.30 in the afternoon tomorrow right here on Tide 100.9. And then Carrie Clark and I will be back uh, once again at 12.30 a.m. for the the uh, Tide post-game show. Uh, so if you are still awake and reeling after uh, what is presumed to be uh, another Alabama victory against another former uh, assistant coach under Nick Saban, then you can assuredly join us in that show as well with your reactions. We'd love to have them. But uh, again, starting off today... Uh, it's going to be a long day for me, but an exciting one all the same. Uh, so let's jump into what's going on in this Alabama Ole Miss game. Of course, we all know that with Lane Kiffin comes a certain expectation of what the offenses can can do. And I have I have defended Alabama's defense uh, pretty pretty sternly uh, to begin this season. I think that there's some elite pieces on this defense. Uh, we look at guys like Will Anderson uh, and Malachi Moore, who are freshmen and already playing such a massive factor. But then you realize that uh, this team is is very much led by Dylan Moses and Christian Harris. Uh, Patrick Sertain, obviously, you don't hear his name a lot, but that's because he's so, so good at his job as a shutdown corner. So uh, for me, I think that uh, that Ole Miss will, will get some some things rolling on this offense. Uh, let's not let's not be ignorant to the fact that Ole Miss, you know, they haven't played uh you know, playing against Kentucky last week, not the not the greatest defense. We saw what Auburn was capable of doing to them and then what happened when they ran into the defensive buzzsaw of the Georgia Bulldogs. But uh Florida obviously uh an impressive team, a top five team, they're right number four right now. Uh Matt Matt Corral, forty six of sixty, seven hundred fifteen yards, seven touchdowns, one interception. Now say what you will uh, about playing Kentucky, but Alabama hasn't exactly played, you know, a much tougher schedule. Uh, playing Missouri and Texas A and M, two teams with uh, less than ideal situations overall, but also, uh, you know, one above average defense and one defense that is not very good at all very similar situations and Matt Corral's offensive stats are very similar uh to Mac Jones's and you know as Alabama fans we're looking at Mac Jones and we're thinking okay this guy has has really got something I know it took a lot of convincing during the offseason for for many Alabama fans but I've been adamant from the start uh Maybe, maybe not from the start. Uh, Martin Houston would remember he got on the Mack truck first, and I was a little hesitant for that Arkansas game. Uh, but ever since that Arkansas game, I've been on, on board with Martin in this regard that Mac Jones is a, a real-deal quarterback, and he knows how to lead an offense in a very uh, poised manner. Um, even when mistakes happen, uh, you know, we saw with both the, the Auburn game and in this A&M game where – uh, fluke interceptions happened. There was one very seriously bad interception in the Auburn game. I do concede that. Uh, but after each of those those moments, you know, Mac Jones comes back and he looks just as accurate as he did before those interceptions happened. Uh, I, I remember one of our interns here, writer uh, James Ogletree, uh, posted a series of clips on Twitter that 
that detailed that and showed that Mac Jones has the ability to put those mistakes out of his mind, whether they were his fault or not. And, uh, you know, two of his three prominent interceptions were not his fault. Um, you know, he, he, he's learned how to manage his mind, which is a very difficult thing for a young starting quarterback. Uh, you know, he's got a few under his belt already, but this is now his time to shine. And I don't think anything has been too big for Mac so far. And I think that that's a very impressive uh, feat overall. I, how many times do we see quarterbacks wait patiently uh, in this league and, you know, they just they don't pan out? Um, you know, we can we can look at the kid down in LSU who has waited all this time, waited behind Joe Burrow and saw what it takes to be an elite quarterback in the SEC uh, and and it really hasn't panned out for him yet. So, you know, we have to be thankful as Alabama fans and as analysts in our own right that that Mac Jones has figured it out. Uh, you know, the stories have been coming out about him having a a, a longtime friend who's got military training that taught him how to control his breathing in those situations. And you know, like for somebody to take the the necessary steps to do something that nobody really thinks of, but it impacts his game in such a massive way, in such a noticeable way, I think that goes a long way in proving that Mac Jones has a place in, you know, not only in the SEC, but in Alabama, you know, lore as a guy that is looking to get this thing done, is looking to take advantage of the situation that he's in and go out and win a championship. And I think that um, Alabama obviously is a favorite to win the championship. Uh, and I think a lot of things are playing into their favor in that, whether it be the schedule, uh, the disappointments of other teams, uh, you know, obviously the Big 12 trying to play themselves out of the playoffs, uh, the situations that have enthralled the Big 10 and the Pac-12 throughout the season so far. Uh, but even things such as Clemson facing the toughest schedule that they've had in years, um, obviously they will be playing the number seven Miami Hurricanes led by Derek King and a ferocious pass rush as well. So it'll be interesting to see if Miami can keep that close or maybe even come up with the victory. Um, you know, we haven't seen very many people slow down Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson Tigers. But nonetheless, uh, I'll be giving my score predictions closer to the end of the show. But I do want to touch on some player of the game candidates. For me, um, I'm a massive fan of Will Anderson. Uh, you know the Terminator dude has the one of the most impressive get-offs. You know from the snap, you know getting across the line of scrimmage, getting into the backfield. One of the most impressive get-offs I have ever seen. Um, and and that that's not a a, a ridiculous take to have. Because <laughs> uh, I've watched a, a lot of tape on a lot of defensive ends. Um, a play, you know, when I played, it was a similar position, and to understand how important that get off is, to be in the backfield before the the tackle across from you is even out of his stance, is next level elite. And uh, for Will Anderson, the explosion and the violence and the precision, uh, and and not only that, but the the discipline with which he plays the game is uncanny for a player of his age, and. You know, I think you know. There's a lot of things to his game that do have to improve. And even though I call him disciplined, he is a very disciplined player. We saw that against Missouri, where he was sticking to his rules uh, in playing against 
the triple option attack that Missouri was employing at times um, and even managed to blow up plays where he wasn't making tackles. Um, there are things in his discipline that, that will grow with time. I'm not saying he's a perfect player yet, but I do think this is the point in the season where we're going to start to see things kind of start to click and move forward for him. Uh, a pass-happy offense, offense that averages – um, 536 yards a game and 381 through the air. Uh, a, a team that has already thrown the ball 60 times. You know, assuredly, you would expect to absolutely see some some offensive pressure. Now, a lot of Alabama's pressure so far has come from blitzes and those sorts of things, and I'm a fan of blitzing. Uh, but when you're able to get home with just four guys, that allows the athleticism of your linebackers to show through just as much and. I, I don't know of a more athletic duo at linebacker than Dylan Moses and Christian Harris, uh, but allowed them to to focus on covering the middle of the field and allow these pass rushers to get at him. And Chris Allen is is obviously a good uh, player in his own right. Christian Barrymore is a guy that can be uh, elite if he gets unlocked and is able to to hone some discipline in his game as well. Obviously, LeBron Ray is an excellent player as well, but Will Anderson is really becoming – a guy that can be an X factor on the defense. And what I'm looking forward out of him uh, to solidify a player of the game status is to, to be the guy that gets in the backfield that wins off the line, gets past his tackle and comes up with a sack and a half or two uh, and, and make an impact in this game. Um, and even still with it raining, getting to the quarterback is just as paramount as ever because those are the opportunities for strip sacks to really take place. And strip sacks can be one of the most devastating plays in all of football. You know, we, we look at interceptions and we look at fumbles a lot. And outside of muff punts, uh, fumbles generally happen uh, downfield a little bit, you know, sometimes around the line of scrimmage. Uh, but, you know, not always – you know, are we looking at the the ball being eight yards behind the the line of scrimmage when when it drops to the turf, or or you know when we're talking about interceptions, a lot of those are downfield uh, by quite a bit, and they can almost count as punts sometimes uh, if there isn't an open field in front of the the defender. Of course, these are you know generalizations of what happens, but overall, we're talking about uh, a guy getting in the backfield, stripping the ball from the quarterback when nobody's looking at the ball. Uh, except for maybe the guy that just got beat by the the edge rusher. Um, so if Will Anderson can get in the backfield and get some strip sacks and things of that, that nature, I think that that can be the turning point uh, for this Alabama defense to really uh, dig in and get out to a boisterous lead, which is what I feel is really necessary. Um, you know, if you listen to the post game show last week, I defended this Alabama defense, but James Ludman, the producer of the the Tide post game show and of the, the pregame, pregame show this week uh, and Friday Night Lights. Ludman does a lot. Um, hosts the title talk as well. Uh, but he, he mentioned, you know, leave, letting teams stick around. And AM tried to stick around, you know, towards the end of the first half uh, last week before Alabama was able to, able to pull away. And he's not wrong in that fact, especially when uh, the rules are in favor of the offense and – Ole Miss runs an offense that takes advantage of many of those rules. Um, you know, the, 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 the route combinations, everything that goes into those sorts of things, that makes a, a massive shift in what you're 
capable of allowing on defense because I mean, let's be real route combinations they involve pick plays crossing patterns that take advantage of 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 man coverage uh sit down patterns that take advantage of zones all these things that are designed to beat defenses and defenses can't even be that aggressive because of the rules and that's not me whining about what the what what the rules are that's just the situation that these guys are in and you know looking at it from that standpoint you've got to be able to get in the backfield and get some turnovers uh take advantage of the weather to your advantage uh i know you know barry sanderson on inside of the locker room has talked at length that that maybe it should be an advantage for ole miss i think it should be an advantage to whoever takes advantage of it um if you're the team that can get the turnovers and you can stay disciplined on your side and prevent the turnovers on your side with this inclement weather, then then obviously that turns the tide in your favor, uh, pun intended. So for me, one of the player of the game candidates that I'm looking forward to seeing, I, I every time this Crimson Tide defense is on the field, I'm looking for number 31 and I'm looking to see what sort of impact he's going to have. And uh, generally... He has quite the impact. Again, I do want to remind you, I'm Jacob Harrison filling in for Martin Houston here on the Martin Houston Show. Uh, feel free to call in with your score predictions for this game. I'd love to talk to you. Uh, I, of course, I am producing and hosting at the same time. So if you call in uh, during a segment, then you will either go straight to hold or straight on the air. But again, I would love to, to talk with you and get your input. I know Martin has some uh, very diehard uh and uh, loyal listeners and uh, very intelligent listeners as well. So I would love to converse with you about this Ole Miss-Alabama game. Again, I'm Jacob Harrison filling in for Martin Houston on the Martin Houston Show. This is Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, no active wrecks, and McFarland westbound is cleared. In fact, traffic around town looks pretty good. If you do see conditions folks need to hear about, just give us a call. 205-886-8886. ST Bun Construction is hiring experienced Class A and B CDL truck drivers. You'll be home every night with paid Blue Cross insurance and 4% employee match 401k, along with other great benefits. Call Jamie, 205 331 551. It's October and that means savings time. You'll get top dollar for your trade today at Townsend Nissan. I'm Captain Ray. A cloudy sky, occasional rain showers are likely today and tonight. The high today 77, tonight's low 70. Tomorrow, cloudy and breezy. Rain much of the day, maybe a few thunderstorms as well, the high 78. Sunday, rain ending during the morning, the high 77. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Scott Smith and Southmark Design doing business for 17 plus years, specializing in graphic design services, commercial printing, promotional products, advertising specialties, and so much more. Basically, Basically, any and everything you would need to advertise, promote, and grow your business. Through strong partnerships, strong customer service, and creative ideas, they'll help you market and grow your business. Give Scott a call at 205-292-4680 or email scottis at comcast.net and visit them online at southmarkdesign.com. Interact with the Martin Houston Show by calling us at 205-342-9904. Or tuning into the Martin Houston Show on Facebook. Hey, look, my I made it. Hey, look, my I made it. Everything's coming up. Pieces, pieces. 
Welcome back into the Martin Houston Show. I'm Jacob Harrison filling in for the national championship winning fullback of the Alabama Crimson Tide. It's a pleasure to be in here with you this morning. Again, we are taking your score predictions just as we would any other Friday here on this show. Uh, 205-342-9904 is the number to call. Uh, to get those in, I do have a, a document open that I will be sending to Martin Houston right after the show. Uh, so, so be sure to get your score predictions in. Uh, the tiebreaker this morning is Mac Jones passing yards. And uh, just to, to let you know, um, the, the actual number <laughs> that this Ole Miss defense is giving up is 381 and a half yards a game. So expect Mac Jones to continue to do Mac Jones things. Pat called in during the break, so let's get to Pat. Pat, welcome into the Martin Houston Show, man. What's going on? Good, good morning. Uh, first off, give you a score. I like 35-7. to 7, And uh, Mac Jones uh, with, uh, oh, about uh, 295 because it's going to be uh, still with a wet ball. So, how much do you, do you do you think that this wet ball situation is going to impact Alabama? I could see it impacting Ole Miss a lot because of uh, a, a lack of discipline on that team compared to to what Alabama does. Alabama did practice with a wet ball uh, for most of the week. Um, how how do you, Pat, see that shaking out? I, not not only do they have a wet ball, they've got a Seem like to me they've got a ball that's got a rope tied to it. Somebody's constantly trying to pull away from them, and uh, that uh, I think that uh, this game is going to be uh, come down with our ability that we're going to have to run the ball, and I think that the offensive line is going to finally start to fire off and do what needs to be done in order to uh, that we're going to put more emphasis on running the ball. Uh, do you not believe that that's going to be so? Yeah, I do. I think that uh, uh, that Najee Harris is another player that I'm looking for, but not just him. Uh, it's that offensive line. And Landon Dickerson said earlier in the week that uh, that he was pissed off because he thought that it was the offensive line's job to to just play nastier. And with weather like they're about to play in, uh, you know, he him and the rest of the offensive line have a real opportunity to to take advantage of that. Well, we have two. 220 plus pound backs. Brian, hey, when you got a, a one two punch of Brian Robertson and Najee, uh, that I just think that that's going to wear Ole Miss down. That, uh, it's got to. That, uh, um, do you not, what, what do you think about that? Well, I agree. But I would like to see both of them run like 220 pound backs. Um, maybe I'm being too overly critical, uh, you know, which is something I give Alabama fans a lot of. You know, grief about, but what, what, I, I don't think absolutely correct. I don't think they're breaking enough tackles. Uh, but, it, it, I mean, we're talking Najee Harris for Heisman, and to to win a Heisman as a running back, you have got to make plays by yourself. Uh, it doesn't matter if your offensive line is not playing up to their capabilities. You've got to break tackles, and I'm just I'm not seeing a lot mm-hmm. out of that. No, absolutely, that is, and uh. But I, I feel like that uh, Najee is going to have to have a, uh, an extremely good ball game uh, that uh, in order for us to win this thing. That uh, it uh, he's going to be doing 
a lot of things he's going to come up with every trick play that he can possibly come up with. And, uh, you know, you just don't never know what to expect out of Lane. That, uh, and, but I still don't think that Lane's going to be able to generate any offense against this defense that we're going to, uh, uh, come up with, uh, the, the, that our, excuse me, our defense is going to have the game of their life. And I, I think that everything's lined up for them to to do that. Um, you know, we we look at you know, Alabama fans look at our our defense under Pete Golding and and point out deficiencies and think that it's a bad defense. This Saturday, you're going to see a bad defense. There there is a stark difference in what happens in Ole Miss and what happens at Alabama. Yep. All right. Oh well. Uh, what about Georgia and Tennessee before we go? Oh, is uh, Jeremy going to be able to play with Tennessee at all? Or is, uh, I mean, I'm assuming is Jeremy going to be able to play with Georgia at all? Well, uh, what are you thinking? Um, I, I went out on a limb on the staff picks here at Tide. Uh, I was the only one that picked Tennessee. Um, now I'm, uh, I'm trying to okay. win a $150 gift card, but at the same time, uh-huh. I have been very, very critical of Georgia. And at some point I have to be right. Um, <laughs> I don't believe I in Jared Garitano hey, at all. Well, you're going to be, Hey, you're going to be right. Hey, the next go round. And, uh, I hope that Martin Houston is, uh, uh, not under the weather bad. And he's just on assignment and that, uh, you don't have him quarantined because uh, I'm shocked that Northridge is not playing football tonight. But uh, yeah, that, that was know, very I, very I disappointing. I don't know the particulars on that, but I'm sure hoping that that Martin Houston ain't can come into something he can't wash off. All right, and uh, y'all have a blessed day. Okay, thank you. You as well, Pat. Thanks for calling in. Uh, again, you can call in just as Pat did there. I'd love to converse with you about this game and any other game going on. Um, I've I mean, yes, I'm I'm continuing to just pick against Georgia just so I'll eventually be right because I was so, so critical of them coming into the season. Uh, but who would have thought Stenson Bennett, who doesn't have a scholarship, was going to turn up to be their quarterback and play uh, relatively well, about as well as you can expect, rather. Uh, their defense, of course, is, is still top-notch, and I never criticized their defense. It was always their offense. Uh, they had unproven weapons outside of George Pickens and uh, a makeshift offensive line, and didn't know who their quarterback was. But um, you know, as I was, as I was saying, I don't trust Jarrett Carantano as a quarterback at all. I know that he's played relatively well up until this point, but Tennessee has run the ball uh, pretty consistently to to begin the season, and uh, that's not something you're going to do with much ease against the Georgia Bulldogs. So, I mean. You know, with with my with my heart, I'm choosing Tennessee, but my brain is definitely telling me that Georgia should absolutely win that game. Uh, it's kind of similar to Miami and Clemson, although I did pick Clemson because I'm not a fool uh, to to the nth degree. Um, you know, Miami has some special pieces, but they don't have a cohesive unit that can take down Clemson. That's what you got to have. Uh, that's what we saw at Ohio State when they almost beat Clemson. And then that's what we saw out of LSU that that LSU defense, you know, came on and and played spectacularly. Um, so, you know, that's what it takes to take care of these kind of kind of teams. And it's another reason why Ole Miss is going to have a 
difficult, difficult time uh, staying in, in this ball game with Alabama tomorrow if the weather doesn't uh, aid the Rebels in that effort. Uh, we're going to take a, a, a quick break here at the bottom of the hour. Uh, phone lines are lighting up, so I'll get to those during the break. This is the Martin Houston Show. I'm Jacob Harrison filling in here on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, we've got a vehicle fire on Veterans Memorial Parkway past 27th Avenue East, affecting traffic in both directions. Use caution in the area. Everything else looks pretty quiet, but if you do see conditions, of course, give us a call. It's October, and that means tremendous savings with a fantastic selection and top dollar for your trade at Townsend Nissan. I'm Captain Ray. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Overflow Express Wash. Their mission is to provide great customer service with a showroom clean car and an exceptional customer service experience. They have the basic car wash that starts at $7, but you need to check out the premium wash packages, which start as low as $12 and go up to $20. They also have a membership wash club that you can get for starting at $23.99, going up to $39.99. In other words, just double the regular premium package, drop a penny, and you can be one of the great members of Overflow Express Wash. My family and I keep our cars looking good inside and out by using Overflow Express Wash. They're located on Skyland Boulevard right next door to Alabama One, or you can find them online at overflowexpresswash.com. Andy Phillips and his team look forward to making you a part of their Nick Saban calls it the process. John Maxwell said that everything rises and falls on it. And Coach Wooden said, it's what you learn after you think you know it all that makes the difference. What am I talking about? Leadership and personal development. Is your organization, your school, your church, your family, are they receiving the proper level of leadership development and personal development? If not, the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring can help you with that. We have our pep talks, which is a one to one and a half hour lunch and learn which we can customize to meet your needs, or we have some topics that we present that we know can help your organization. And if you're looking for one-on-one mentoring and coaching, we can also assist you with that. Visit peptalks35.com. That's peptalks35.com. Or send an email to martin at martinhouston.org. That's the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring. Welcome back to the Martin Houston Show, the sound of Bama sports. Your show, your team, on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back into the Martin Houston Show. I'm Jacob Harrison filling in for Martin Houston. I do want to invite you. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Harrison 2Js, uh, two Ns, and uh, we can get to more discussion on Alabama football and all sorts of other things. Uh, Go ahead, hit that follow button. Um, Articles, discussion, analytics, uh, you know, whining about refs, all those sorts of things. You can find that 
on my Twitter account at Jacob Harrison two J's two N's. Uh, again, invite you as well to call into the show two zero five three four two. 9904 about 26 minutes left in the show and uh joey from tuscaloosa has called in as well so joey welcome into the martin houston show how are you doing this morning i'm doing well good morning i I thought go ahead yeah i was just calling uh again i had a prediction i think we'll emphasize the running but I also am aware that I believe our offensive line averages about 335 and the Ole Miss defensive line averages 285. That's so that that's a rough situation a to be difference. in. That's if quite a difference. Miss. And then you mentioned the size of the back. That's, let's think of the, the offensive line. Um, so uh, my score prediction would be uh, 44 to 16. And Mac Jones passing yards? Uh, 289. I think he'll surprise them a few times, but I, but as the effort will be to, uh, you know, get a better push in the running game. Yeah, I think this is the kind of game for Mac Jones where we're going to need to see efficiency over splash. Um, the, I mean, splash plays are going to result in the ball splashing on the ground. Uh, you know, he, he gets a lot of yardage from – those those deep balls to guys like John Mechie and Jalen Waddle, and uh, I think we're going to see a lot more out of Devonte Smith just to have some efficiency in short passing situations and some RPOs and things of that nature. And uh, let's get Najee Harris going with some power plays, right? Right. Uh, if you know somebody, this is a blast in the past. But if you'd like to see a, if you like defensive games too, the '79 championship team played LSU down there. And the final score was three to nothing, but it was a deluge. There were two two inches of water running off the steps. The players were standing in two to three inches of water on the sideline. It was just, and the final, uh, we kicked one field goal, I believe it was just before the half, and that was the final score. But you talk about, I mean, it was a mud bowl, but if you know any players that, you know, the 79 team that could talk to you about it, they could tell you. Right. I I mean, I don't think I think somehow the the game has evolved in such a way and the fields with the technology to drain and and those sorts of things. I still think we're going to see some fireworks out of both teams. Uh the, the rules of the games and the abilities of quarterbacks uh unless both these quarterbacks turn out to have really tiny hands and can't grip the football correctly. I think I still think both teams will light up the scoreboard at least a little bit. Maybe not as much as usual. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks, Joey. And uh, Joey's got his score in, and uh, you can do the same. 205-342-9904 is the number to call to get in and uh, get your score prediction. I'll be sending that off to Martin Houston uh, as soon as the show is over as we get ready for Inside the Locker Room, which will come on in about 22 minutes. I'd love to discuss the the game with you some more. But uh, just to go back, um, uh, uh, the – Najee Harris is a player of the game candidate. I do wholeheartedly believe that. Um, I think this game lines up exactly with uh, what Landon Dickerson said earlier in the week, where you know he was upset that the the offensive line, which you know as a center and as a fifth year senior he leads, um, you know isn't playing with the same tenacity that they probably should be. 
and as Joey pointed out right there, averaging 330 pounds across the line, that's a that's a difficult thing for any defensive line to deal with. Uh, you know, we we talk about 330 pounders on defense. Those are guys that you know generally uh, eat up blocks and don't get a lot of movement. But when we're talking about 330 pound offensive linemen, those are guys that move, you know, with intentions. Uh, you know, but you know, you got to get a little momentum behind him. But as far as Najee goes, I've seen him follow blocks very well. I've seen him find holes very well. Uh, the vision, the ability, the the football IQ has all been there. Uh, but what I feel like has been lacking, and again, I might just be being overcritical, uh, and I really kind of hope I am because I have nothing but respect for Najee Harris, both as a human being and in his game. Uh, but I just I feel like I need to see more broken tackles from him, and I think that this game opens up that opportunity for uh you know to 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 see a lot of arm tackles, to see undisciplined defenders in the conditions uh, to. You know, for for not only for the defenders to mess up, but for Najee to get some confidence in that regard. Uh, I'm not saying that he hasn't broken any tackles this season. That would be ludicrous. Uh, you know, you have to break tackles in the red zone in order to get into the end zone, and he already has a handful of touchdowns on the season. Uh, and we saw the the incredible leaping catch um, from last week uh, down towards the goal line. You know, I'm not saying the effort isn't there. I'm just saying the situations haven't been there for Najee. Uh, you know, again, football IQ out the wazoo. Uh, he has been following blocks incredibly, incredibly well. And there's been a lot of blocking schemes, uh, particularly the ones that I've seen the most are, you know, kind of outside zone schemes where uh, Najee has been able to, to just ride his offensive lineman for a good five or six yards before anybody touches him. Uh, the problem is, is that it, it doesn't go much farther beyond that. In, in what I'm seeing again, probably just being overcritical because I want to see the guy be in the Heisman race. I don't, I mean, we're, we're talking about a team that does have three players um, right now that are all arguably top three in their position uh, nationally. And that being Matt Jones, Jalen Waddle and uh, Najee Harris, of course. And, and Devonte Smith is right there in the, the categorization too. Uh, don't let me, uh, disrespect Devonte at all. He he's had a quiet season, but he has been just as productive as Jalen Waddle outside of getting in the end zone. Um, but you know, we we talk about Jalen Waddle and like, can this guy win the Heisman if he's not getting punt returns? Well, I think he probably can. Uh, it's just a matter of what Mac Jones does outside of him, and also has a lot to play on how Najee Harris plays in these games where um, the expectation is to lean on him. And coming into the season. You know, we I defended Steve Sarkeesian. A lot of people think that just because he's from the NFL and from uh, the West Coast that all he likes to do is throw the ball, and that's just not the case. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian's a good offensive coordinator in uh, most regards uh, because he does what his offense is good at um, most times. I mean, when he was in Atlanta, he didn't allow Julio Jones opportunities to catch touchdowns. Uh, he He's not a perfect offensive coordinator by any means. Uh, but here he has done just that. He has allowed every single player uh, to do what they're good at, but also give room for improvement. Because what we did not see from Jalen Waddle a lot last year were these uh, deep plays. A lot of his plays were the RPOs 
and crossing routes. And uh, you still see Jalen Waddle do that, obviously. Uh, but he has evolved past being an excellent slot receiver. He is now somebody that can play on the outside, um, at, at least at the collegiate level. I think still when he gets in the NFL, he's going to be mostly a slot player that, that can bounce outside here and there uh, based off of the attack. But overall, uh, for Najee, you know, just to, to get into that situation – to break some tackles, to get some momentum behind him. Uh, because let's remember last year, uh, things were kind of slow up until that South Carolina game. And I know that was still early in the season, uh, but things were kind of slow. And then he had the big play, uh, the hurdle, where he broke every tackle in the world um, and had the hurdle right before he got into the end zone. Uh, and after that is when we started to see Najee really start to amp it up. Um, you know, he has said before that he has worked on his game in a myriad of ways. Uh, you know, when he was sharing carries, uh, with, with other backs like Josh Jacobs and Damian Harris, it was, you know, about making every snap count and trying to get into the end zone on every single snap. And, uh, you know, sometimes getting himself into trouble with that. And last year we saw a guy that, uh, just took what the defense could give him, uh, made plays when they presented themselves and uh, I think this year it's kind of starting that same way, but he's also got to take from the defense, uh, you know, play like a 225 pound back, uh, bowl some guys over and play like the agile back that you are as well and, and make some guys miss. Uh, that's going to be a little bit more difficult in the weather, but, uh, I, I still stand firm on the fact that Alabama being a Nick Saban coach team that I, I do think discipline plays a massive role in how you play in the weather. Uh, can things still happen? Yes. It's an oblong shaped ball. Things happen in, in clear weather. Uh, but I think the discipline of this team is really going to show through, uh, tomorrow afternoon. Again, the game was moved down to six 30, uh, to get out of the way of the hurricane hurricane Delta, which is category three storm. That's, uh, that, that that's expected to touch, um, uh, late tonight, early morning. Um, uh, around the you know louisiana area and then work its way you know east across the the south uh you know going through mississippi through tuscaloosa and and back out through the top of alabama so obviously uh it, it's still gonna be raining when the game happens so a lot of things to to anticipate in that regard but we're going to take a break we've still got about 15 minutes left in the show and we'd still love to talk to you 205-342-9904 is the number to call again i'm jacob harrison filling in for martin houston here on tide 100.9 the home of alabama crimson tide sports tide 100.9 traffic from the towns of Desaw and traffic center no active wrecks traffic moving pretty well just a few slow spots but nothing major if you do see conditions give us a call 205-886-8886 october means fantastic savings and a tremendous selection right now you'll save thousands at towns of nissan i'm captain ray Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Good morning. Hurricane Delta plowing across the Gulf of Mexico as a Category 3 storm this morning, headed for the same spot powerful Hurricane Laura hit in Louisiana in August. Residents of Indian Creek Road in Duncanville angry and seeking a solution to a large number of tires that have been dumped there. Old tires are a breeding ground for mosquitoes. And as sports, two old nemesis will do battle next week for the right to represent the National League in the World Series. Atlanta, on the strength of four shutouts in five playoff games, will 
face the LA Dodgers. I'm Don Hart. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show. And I want to tell you about Tuscaloosa Custom Carving. If you're looking for a way to add value to your home, make your flower beds pop, make your landscaping stand out from your neighbors, then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help you do just that. They have numerous styles, but they feature the Moroccan Stone Curb Series, which includes four great styles and unlimited color choices. That's Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing. They are the one that can help you stand out from your neighbors. Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, 205-331-6823. You may also find yourself with the need for a custom size stone or, or custom shaped stone, then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help with that as well. Paul Fuller and his team are waiting on your call right now for that free quote. And if you tell them that Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show told you to stop by, you'll get a big discount. So call Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing at 205-331-6823 or visit them online at Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, LLC. The sound of Bama sports. Your show. Your team. The Martin Houston Show. On your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back into the Martin Houston Show. If you know me at all, I got to wake you up with some uh, some metal early in the morning. And uh, you know what? The the, 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 the the bell is going to toll for the Ole Miss Rebels tomorrow, uh, nonetheless. Uh, it, it's probably going to get pretty ugly uh, in the weather. I still expect the offense to, to handle themselves quite well. But uh, let's close out this show. We've still got about 10 minutes left. Uh, let's get to Tom, who called in first during the break. Tom, welcome into the Martin Houston Show. What's going on, man? Hey, Jacob. What's going on? Making it work. <laughs> uh, you are. <laughs> really good, too. Good show. Uh, I was going to say this about the defense. You know, it's been a lot of talk this week on shows about uh, defense or lack of defense, this, that, and the other. But uh don't you think that uh, the, the defense that we're seeing is a product of the times? You know, offense is, uh, has gotten to the point to where, uh, it, you know, in the SEC, they've got a lot of uh, weapons and uh, schemes and all like that. So your defense kind of has to evolve to the point to where I see that uh, – our defense just kind of molds to what we need to stop or, or stop what you do the best. Uh, case in point, uh, you know, for A&M to, be in, to have been successful against Alabama, Mon was going to have to have a big game running and throwing. And, uh, and that just didn't happen. And, uh, you know, everybody say, well, we didn't get any sacks. Well, we had several tackle for losses. Uh, against A&M by this defense. And we were in position most all afternoon not to let him escape and make those long runs. Yeah, some of those were quarterback draws as well. I mean, you tell me the difference between a quarterback sack and a quarterback draw. I can't. Exactly. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, if it's a negative yard, if they don't get back to the line of scrimmage, that's a sack. To me, the defense won. 
uh, if they if they move uh, the ball back from the original line of scrimmage, defense one, it's a sack or whatever, however you want to categorize it. But uh, but I, I see us playing smart defense and uh, playing to limit uh, teams what they can actually do and. Uh, and and I'm pleased with the way the defense played. I really like your take on uh, Will Anderson, uh, just an outstanding uh, prospect of a ball player. Well, I appreciate that, and I think I think Will is is an elite piece that we're going to enjoy for a long time. But uh, uh, I I know you told me off air, you know, the other day that you liked my my other article about the defense and the way this thing has evolved. Uh, you, you, well, that's part of my thinking this morning. Right. It, there's At the end of the day, a lot of people are taking entirely way too much premise on how many yards you allow. And for me, it, it's how many points you allow and how many turnovers you generate. Uh, and this de- defense has generated turnovers, and tomorrow they're likely to do more because of the weather. Uh, th- th- but you're going to give up yards because of the way the rules are, are instigated. Uh, I, I've said many times as well, there are uh, a handful there there are only two rules on offense that even take away a down that take away a down and almost every single defensive penalty restarts the chains for the offense not now you add in the fact that a lot of those yard those those penalties are things like defensive holding and illegal contact and pass interference. Defensive backs can't touch these guys, and they and and the route combinations today are so much more intricate and so much more deliberate than they were even 15 years ago. So we're we're talking about offenses that have a supreme advantage. They're gonna pick up yards. What you have to do is take advantage of your situations when you've dialed up something that can completely turn the tide of the game, whether it be a turnover, generating multiple sacks, or just outright stopping them from getting in the end zone. Yeah, and and to your point about rules and uh, the way that uh, uh, the defense is, I'm going to say, I'm going to use the word scrutinized on their play, you know, targeting and all like that. It kind of puts a damper on aggressiveness you know what i'm saying and, it does and, and a good uh, example of that was the other day now who in their right mind don't think daniel wright was thinking i can lay this receiver up in you know the one that tightrope the sideline yeah now who in their right mind don't think daniel wright would say you know what i can lay this guy about six rows deep up in the stands if i wanted to but when he got there you know he just took the took the safe route and tried to shove him out of bounds and end the play, and the and the guy ended up, you know, I, I'm not going to say uh, lucky, but uh, he tight roped it and turned it into a touchdown. And uh, you know, in years past, Alabama defensive back would have killed that guy. <laughs> yeah, but now he can't. He has no he, reference of whether or not he's in bounds or not. And if he has a foot out of bounds when he tackles him, that's oh, 15, yeah, 15 yards. Yeah, and everybody's screaming at you about how. You're a maniac, and uh, but, but I'll, I'll anyway, say first though, as a guy that played defense and has seen a lot of defense, you always take that 15 yards over a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, you know it would be tempting because it, isn't that really one of the the uh, cardinal uh, uh, rules of a defensive back hoping to catch a, a receiver on the sidelines like that to make a spectacular splash by laying him under the bench. <laughs> Well, I mean, not only that, but uh, I mean, I've always 
I've, I've seen so many coaches yell at defensive backs, just tug him down, just push him out of bounds. I don't care about the 15 yards or, or the spot foul. I don't want this dude catching it, breaking a tackle, and scoring a touchdown. That's worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, But anyway, uh, I've enjoyed the defense talk this week from everybody. And uh, But, uh, you know, like I said, your article and then, uh, some of the things I thought I saw with the way we played defense. And I, I think that's why uh, Pete Golding, I, I think in, in the long run, he's going to be proven to be a, a great defensive back because, I mean, defensive coach because uh, of him being able to evolve with the times and play the kind of defense you got to have to win games. Yeah, I think he's, I, I, I don't know if he'll ever be elite, but I will say this. Uh, a guy coming from UTSA, uh, Texas San Antonio, straight to Alabama, and and being as good as he is, a lot of people call him for Charlie Strong. Um, Charlie Strong's defenses since he's been a head coach, uh, those at Texas and those at South Florida. Um, you now you can say at Texas, the the they just don't play defense out there in the Big Twelve, and you can say at South Florida he didn't have the talent. But those defenses all allowed more yardage, more points, and generated fewer turnovers than Alabama has under Pete let Golden. Me throw, let me let me let me let me throw something at you. I don't think some of these guys that came through from the school of defense, like Charlie, and I love Charlie. Don't get me wrong; I don't mean this critical, but it's kind of like some of these offense guys, these these young Joe Brady. Some of these younger, brighter minds have a different take on how to play football these days. I think Pete Golden may be one of those type of – listen, he's impressing somebody in Malmore. Somebody is impressed with what he does and how he does it. Otherwise, he wouldn't be there. Yeah, if, if he was as bad as a lot of people think, Nick Saban would have done got, got rid of him. Nick Saban Saban's never been shy dumb. about firing his, his staff. Enjoy the show, buddy. Thanks. Thank you, Tom. Uh, sorry, Kerry, we're not going to get to you. Uh, I do appreciate you trying to call in and help out. But uh, it's been a it's been a fun morning, fun hour. Uh, we're about to get ready for Inside the Locker Room. Again, thank you so much for uh, tuning in and getting your score predictions in. Uh, again, for Martin Houston, I'm Jacob Harrison. Just want to say uh, it's never too late to do anything in this world that you want to do. If there's something out there that you want to do, pursue it. I believe in you, and you should too. For Martin Houston, this is the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama sports. Have a good-